For our scripture reading this morning, and will also serve as my text, let's turn to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. I want to confine my comments to the end of the chapter. But if you uh, read over this chapter after a while, you'll find that he's addressing uh, his disciples that he called to be apostles. And so all of these things are exhortations to them and also to us. He says in verse 24, Matthew 10, 24, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what you hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I'm come to send peace on earth. I'm not come to send peace, but a sword. For I'm come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. I invite you to turn back with me now to Matthew chapter 10. This chapter begins, as I said, with the separating of 12 men, which he appoints as apostles. These were special men called to do a special work 
There are no apostles in our day. These men would be used of God to usher in the gospel age. What's that mean? That means the temple and tabernacle worship of the Old Testament was coming to an end. The Levitical priesthood, sacrifices, holy days were being fulfilled by Jesus of Nazareth, whom they all pictured. They all pictured Him. Paul wrote that book of Hebrews as sure as I'm standing here this morning and in detail showed them that all of these things pictured Christ. He likens these things in the book of Hebrews to a garment waxing old. It served its purpose. It communicated its message and now something better was coming into view. You ever had an old coat or a sweatshirt or something that you really liked and you just wore it until it was wore out and then you got something new you found something new something better and that's what this book of Hebrews is all about these men were to go out into a Jewish world a world we're very unfamiliar with They were to go out into a Jewish world of established tradition, outward show, and organized structure, and preach a person. No more holy days. Huh? No more holy days. You know what you'd be saying if you said that to a Jew? No more. No more feast days. No more Sabbaths. No more Jubilee. No more high priest. No more temple. No more showbread, incense burning, animal sacrifices. Everything that their kinsmen as well as themselves who grew up following after was coming to a close and being replaced by man. For hundreds of years, there was a priesthood. Thousand years. A temple, sacrifices, holy days, circumcision, cities of refuge, years of jubilee, a day of atonement. There was an entire tribe in Israel devoted to temple worship, to service uh, what Paul calls service to God. They, they served in that tabernacle. They served uh, dispensing these things, doing these things. And every Saturday was a Sabbath, not Sunday. There is no Sunday Sabbath. Saturday is Sabbath day. New moons. Holy days throughout the year. And what about the law? Didn't the law uh, demand that they keep these things? Where'd they come up with this? These sacrifices. Where'd they come up with this priesthood? The law commanded it. Provision was made in the law. And didn't the law command them to keep these things? Wasn't circumcision commanded under the law? 
Didn't the law command the keeping of the day? Didn't the law demand the sacrifice? Didn't the law make provision for a high priest to enter beyond the veil one time a year? Yes, but Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Everything they knew Everything that they practiced, everything that they promoted was to be replaced by a person. And that, my friend, was the mystery hidden from the foundation of the world. That what these men were preaching was a mystery. A total mystery. These men were to go out and basically condemn the religion of their kinsmen. Condemn it. John the Baptist seen them coming. They didn't say anything. He just saw them coming and he said, You vipers. <laughs> say that down to First Baptist Church. Go up there and greet them when they come up the sidewalk and say, You vipers. See what kind of reaction you get. So what do you think would happen today if we were to go out with this message? Go downtown, stand on the courthouse steps and preach Christ as the fulfillment of all things. Christ is all. Begin to condemn the keeping of holy days. Tell folks that Christ is all in all. Tell folks that their religion's full of cobwebs, that it was done away 2,000 years ago, replaced by a person Take the mass out of Christmas and all you have left is Christ. <laughs> uh, just Christ. Celebrate Him. Be inspired by Him. Look to Him. Rejoice in Him. Rest in Him. He's everything. Paul said, What things were gained to me under that old temple worship, under that old law righteousness, under that old testament economy, what things were gained unto me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I might win Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is by the law, but the righteousness of God, by faith. These men didn't go out begging folks to pretty please believe on Jesus, did they? Huh? Begging them. Singing 29 verses of just as I am. Trying to get them down, a, down an aisle. Trying to get them a confession. Get, get a decision. They went out preaching a new king. Another king. One Jesus. When he came into Jerusalem riding on the ass, they cut down palm branches and threw them in the road in their coats and, and threw these, what did they do? Hosannas to the king. They were to preach Jesus as Lord. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they called him. He said, you call me master, you do well for so I am. 
They preach Jesus as the only acceptance to God. You have no other acceptance to God. Just because Abraham's your father don't mean beans. It's what that pictured. There is no acceptance with God except in Christ. We're accepted in the blood, Paul said. Redeemed by His, by his blood, the blood of the Lamb. Not that animal sacrifice, not that goat. Justified freely by His grace through the accomplished redemption of Christ. And Christ said this, I'm going to send you out. And here's where you're going. I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Among wolves. And he said, what I tell you in darkness, that speak you in light. You take what I've taught you and you make it clear. That's what he said. Make it clear. I can't make you understand it, but I can make you understand what I'm saying. Huh? Sure you can. And what you hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And what our Lord's saying here to all those He sends into this ungodly world is that what was hid and covered in a mystery shall no longer be concealed by it. And did you know that what this world considered as light was darkness? It was darkness. And that's exactly what the Lord told me. He said, if the light that be in thee. What, what light is he talking He's not talking about daylight out here. He's talking about light. He's talking about understanding. He's talking about truth. And that truth that you think you know, if that's darkness, then how great is that darkness? If that's darkness, and you've rested your soul on it. You've camped out there. You've made your house there. All your hopes there. You've rested your soul on it. If the light that be in thee be darkness, then how great is that darkness? My friend, truth is a revelation. You can read it and memorize it, but it don't mean anything until God reveals it in your heart. It's a revelation. It's God Himself whispering in the ear, revealing His will and, and ways, uncovering dark mysteries. Yea, the deep things of God, my soul. That's what one man told me that he said those are the deep things of God. He was talking about predestination. That's milk. That ain't the deep things of God. But the deep things of God, He's revealed to us. Even the deep things. These men had a message. They didn't study to come up with a sermon. They had a message. They preached a person, a glorious person. God come into the flesh. And all these other things were just shadows and types and figures. They're like an old garment. They waxed old. You don't need to, you don't need the shadow if the body that's producing it's standing in front of you. I don't like to look at your shadow and try to figure out who he is. I look at him. 
Colossians 2.16 Let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or in respect of a holy day or a new moon or Sabbath days. These things are shadows. They're a shadow of things to come, but the body is Christ. In Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you're complete in Him who's the head of all principality and power. I'm not sent to bring about some moral reform in my community or persuade folks to believe in some church creed. I'm sent to preach the person and work of Jesus Christ. Salvation's in Him. Life is in Him. Acceptance is in Him. Pardon's in Him. Wisdom's in Him. Old J.C. Ryle said there were two ways that a man could lose his soul. He can ignore the Word of God and the means of grace and live out his days like a beast. Or he can take up some useless kind of religion. Both will empty you into hell. And Christ told these men to go where He sent them. They weren't to get creative in their direction. He said, you go where I tell you to go. They were not to go into the way of the Gentiles. That time would come, but it wasn't yet. God had a messenger in mind for that, but it wasn't them. Don't go into any city of the Samaritans. Don't go there. You go, rather, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In this forsaken nation, in this ignorant nation, in this ungodly nation, I have a people. I have a people. They're lost sheep. They're sheep gone astray. Lambs wandering from the flock. You go to them. And know this. I'm sending you into the midst of wolves. And I'm sending you in the character of a sheep. Of a lamb. Huh? Oh my. Therefore you be wise as serpents, but harmless as a dove. And beware of men. Isn't it? Beware of men. All the things that... You know, Paul talks about beasts and robbers and storms and all sorts of things that that were a threat to him during his ministry. And he suffered. You know, uh, but he here he doesn't say he doesn't mention any of these. The Lord said, "Beware of men." What men? Religious men, church-going men, priestly men, masters of theology, men of high standing, reverenced among the brethren, men holding titles of doctors and lawyers, men of High degree and low attitude. That's right. You're not going to tell this religious world to trash their religion and believe on Christ alone and not have persecution. Huh? You go tell your great aunt. She's so sweet to you, she's giving you stuff your whole life. And you go over and sit down with her and say, Sweetheart, I, I need to tell you something. Your religion is, is Christ. Let, let me tell you the truth. 
Huh? Boy, you're not going to be her favorite niece anymore. Out the door you go. You're going to have persecution. You're not going to tell your relatives to scrap their religion and believe on Christ alone and win their fellowship. Verse 21, Brother shall deliver up brother to death. You can't even imagine that, can you, Walter? Going over there, go down to the committee and tell them, my brother, my brother is a heretic. He's a heretic. You need to kill him. Brother shall deliver brother. That's what it says. Unto death. And the father the child. And the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. Take this message, Christ in Him crucified, Christ alone, Christ the Lord, Christ the fulfillment of all things, and preach Him, He said, on the housetop. What I've whispered in your ear, that declare to the world. Well, what about it? What about it? Has not our Lord in the privacy of this place whispered this message in our ears? Has He not taught us one day at a time? Whispered this message? Has He not shown us in the confines of this assembly how Christ is all in all? Has He not from the first book of the Bible to the last shown us how Christ is the promised Messiah, the Savior, the King, our great high priest? Then go, He said, and preach it on a housetop. Preach it on a housetop. Find some place where men can see and hear you and preach this gospel. Is there going to be opposition? Oh, you bet there will be. You bet there will be. Where's it going to come from? Every direction. Every direction. In the last days, these men said, shall come scoffers poking fun at God's message and His messenger. Told that beloved prophet, go ye up, ye old bald head. Huh? Scoffers. Children. God sent a bear out of the woods and ate them. Destroyed them. Killed every one of them. Scoffers are coming. They're going to poke fun of the message and the messenger of God, the means of God. Scoffers walking after their own lust. False prophets also. Among the people. Among the people of God. False prophets who quietly creep in bringing with them damnable heresies. Making merchandise of men's souls. But the worst of it all is Antichrist religion as a whole. Oh, how they hate this gospel. And no matter how ridiculous their practice is or their worship is, they cling to it and will violently defend it. They'll put you out of their synagogues. Get out of here. You're, you're nuts. Get out of here. 
You can't preach that here. The time cometh, Christ said, that whosoever killeth you will think he's doing God a service. John 16, 2. And men won't hate you because you care for the sick or shelter the homeless or give to the poor. Men won't, they won't hate you for teaching a proper attitude and conduct in this life. They'll sit and listen. But they'll hate you if you preach Christ alone. Christ alone. Nothing, nothing with it. Christ alone. Christ is all. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ sitting upon the throne of omnipotence. Christ victorious. Huh? Sitting, waiting for his enemies to become his footstool. Expecting it. No Christ, no salvation. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Is this what I'm preaching? Do I slip around quietly house to house to a few chosen people and, and preach this or do I declare it openly? Is this what I'm preaching? What God's taught me, what He's whispered in my ear, do I declare it on the housetop? Where's my housetop? Right here. Huh? Wherever God sends me and opens the door, that's my housetop. There's not a greater evangelist in this world than Paul the Apostle. And Paul said, pray for us that God would open to us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. Where's my housetop? Right here, right now in this place. And on occasion in other places. That's my housetop. As Christ gave his apostles direction, so he does all his servants in this world. Do I have this message? I believe I do. I believe I do. Christ alone, chosen in him, redeemed in him, adopted in him, raised up with him, seated with him in glory. Then throw caution to the wind. Huh? Say what needs to be said and say, say it in a way people can understand it. Fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The worst they can do to God's preacher is just usher him into glory. That's the worst thing they can do. Not only that, but our Lord Himself constrains even the evildoers, don't He? Someone said, I think it was Brother Mayhem, he said one time, they constrain Christ uh, to nail Him on a cross. If God hadn't constrained Him, they'd have boiled Him in a pot and ate Him. He even constrains evildoers. Keeps men from being as evil as they could be. Oh, why then go into this kind of situation? Why put myself in such a position? I, have you got a death wish, preacher? No, sir. No, sir, I don't. 
but I've got good reasons for going. I've got better reasons for going than I do for fearing. I've got good reason. First and foremost, my Lord and Savior gave me the commission. How shall they preach except they be sent? Now, I'm going to tell you something. You can go to seminary and learn. If that's what you want to do, go there. They'll teach you how to study. They'll teach you how to talk. They'll teach you all kinds of things. You can go to seminary and you can learn how to pastor. You can learn how to run a church. You can learn how to build a church. And if you follow their methods, it'll work. You'll have a big church. But they can't teach you how to preach. Only God can do that. How shall they preach except they be sent? Have to be sent. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And this one great commission of the church of the living God is the preaching of the gospel. Well, don't we have other things to do? Yes, but they're all the fruit of gospel preaching. How can I teach you how to live a moral life apart from pointing you to Christ? You see what I'm saying? These, these, all these other things. Do I teach those things? Well, I teach verse by verse throughout the book. God has commissioned me to go. And then secondly, there's no other means set forth in the Word of God to save chosen sinners. Just because I get them down an aisle, that's, that's not going to do anything. How shall you hear, he said, without a preacher? And how's he going to preach except he be sent? Listen to this verse. God hath from the beginning chosen us to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. How else are you going to believe? Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. This is the word which by the gospel, he said, is preached unto you. That word, that spiritual semen by which you were born. There no other means that please God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. There are no other means out there. Why do you preach, preacher? Because there's no other way. That's why. And I live in a generation that's got thousands of ways they're trying to sell men on. There's just one way. And then thirdly, it's my heart's desire for folks to hear and be saved. I want folks to believe. Don't you? I want them to believe. My friend, men and women are perishing forever. They're deceived under the influence of Antichrist religion and running headlong into hell. Worldly religion is crying peace, peace, where there is no peace. And like the great whore she stands as a symbol of, she waits on every corner. Every corner. Her dress is inviting and her words soft to the ear. The adulteress, it says in the book of Proverbs, will hunt for the precious life. That's Proverbs 6.26. 
and she says, come, I perfume my bed with myrrh and alloys. Let's take our fill of love. That's all they talk about, ain't it? Love. I preached the last message I preached in Ball, Louisiana. And one of the old ladies from the church come and said, you missed a great opportunity to preach the love of God. Let us take our fill of love, she said. Can you see what's going on? Can you see an overwhelming flood sweeping men and women into hell? An overflowing scourge, that's what the Lord calls it. When He talks about that overflowing scourge that's going to come through and reveal those in their secret hiding places, what do you think He's talking about? He's talking about the religion of our day. That's what he's talking about. We're in a visible catastrophe. Men and women would be desperate. But it's not so. It's called the mystery of iniquity. It carries with it all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Will they hear if we preach? I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Some may. Some may. But I do know this. None will if there's no voice. None will. None will. No one saw or believed on her oncoming judgment in the days of Noah. He'd already condemned them and a reprobate mind had been uh, had bound them all around. All around. They thought they were secure forever. These scoffers that'll come in the last day will say, where is the the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Well, what do you see, preacher? I see my children and yours. I see folks all around me swallowed up in this world and the religion of this world. And I see only one way, one hope for any of them, and that's the preaching of the gospel. Oh, Spirit of God, help this preacher to warn, if only a few, to flee the wrath to come. To look to Christ. Oh, my soul, if we could just see, if we could just see what's invisible to this naked eye. And where do we see it? We see it in the Word of God. It's a discerner of the thoughts. You know, me and I used to hear this all the time in religion. They'd say, search your heart. <laughs> So the heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You don't want to search your heart. You want to know what's in your heart? Look into the Word of God. The Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. How do I know about the wickedness in men's heart? The Word of God. The Word of God. I believe God. And I believe Him concerning His Son, don't you? Oh, preaching on a house. <laughs> That's what the Lord said.
Oh, the day's coming. The day's coming. I'm going to send my Holy Comforter. All these things I'm teaching you are going to come to light. And when it does, you preach these things on the housetop. You don't need to go hide in the corner. Stand up and say what you mean. Stand up and tell men the truth. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will bless you. All right, thank you.